Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. It's Maddie and Patty, coast to coast. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Hour. We are two self-aware but unapologetic homers who spend far too much time watching, reading, and thinking about the Cavs, the Tribe, but we try not to think much about the Browns. So, if you'd like the informed, intelligent Cleveland fans' perspective on all things, you have come to the right place. In Scarsdale, New York, this is world champion Pat McMenamin. From San Francisco, I'm joined by fellow world champion Matt Youngner. Say hello, champion! Hello, champion! Don't call the comeback! Hello, Matt? It's only been maybe, six maybe months. Maybe call it a comeback. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should. Maybe that's appropriate. It's uh, been a while, Patty. Yeah, when was the last time we potted? Uh, the last time we potted is the great Lost uh, Episode 55 podcast, I believe, that we did in Scarsdale over the summer. Ooh. That was the weekend we sat and rewatched Game 7 of the NBA Finals in 2016, right? That is correct. I believe I, th- I think it was there for your birthday, Patty. I think that's July. Ooh. July. Beginning of July. So, so after the Cavs lost their uh, uh, rematch, well, their new new match with the uh, Kevin Durant the three match. Warriors, eh, is it a three match when you've changed the team entirely like that? I think not. It, that's a new, it's a completely new matchup. Fair uh, enough. We lost our first matchup against the Kevin Durant led Warriors, uh, but so that was that was before Kyrie pulled his shit. Oh yes. Oh, you got bacon. That's amazing. So we're also joined by my son, Arthur, who is uh, here with me, uh, helping us pot. It's be exciting. He's, he's, he's excited about the bacon that he gets to have right now. Oh, and get, get Daddy some bacon, too. Hurry. Yeah. All right. Well, so, <laughs> but hurry. It's a, it's a loose format here, Pat. Yes, exactly. Uh, but also, like, huge NBA trades. I, I, I don't think that Jimmy Butler had happened yet. None of it had happened. Butler, Paul, Carmelo, Paul George. And Paul George, that's just, that is crazy. Same yeah. year. And how bad that team is right now. Um, despite that, we Patty, also, what else happened since we've been since we've been away? The tribe set the all-time winning record, winning streak record. Excuse me, uh, in the regular season with what well, was it, twenty-two or twenty-three? I can't. At, even... at least the modern record. But what? No, no, no. It's a winning streak record. The unbeaten record is that bullshit record from the New York Giants or whatever. Because. I think about that record the New York Giants had. Um, it had a tie in there. So yeah, they replayed right. the game. They that's, replayed that game. They replayed it? Yeah, I think so. I thought that was – well, anyway. But on top of that, they played every single game at home. Yeah, that is true. Because back then they did not travel every other weekend like that. They were just like – we would have a homestand for like a month. <laughs> they just, they, so, again, eh, big asterisks around their thing. Ours is a legit winning streak and that theirs is bullshit. So that's uh, – okay. About that. Agreed. That was we exciting all, times. We also missed the tribe shooting the bed in the playoffs, which was rough. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You know one thing we didn't really miss much about? Nothing changed much about? The shitty Browns? The Browns, the Browns were shitty when we last talked, and they're still shitty. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, listen, what, what was my rule? Two minutes max on Browns, so that started. We're 10 seconds in. Uh, we thought they were going to be all right this year. I mean, our, our version of all right. They'd win four games, maybe. My first uh, game against the Steelers was really hard. Funny. Woo! Quite a miscalculation on our part. <laughs> I got bad fast. <laughs> that, really, <laughs> that really got a hand. <laughs> awful. Awful. Quite awful. Poor Joe Thomas. 
Or oh my God, Joe Thomas. Actually, no, probably good for Joe Thomas just to take a little break. I mean, bad. I mean, I mean, I can't say good, good for him. He had a tricep tear in surgery, but man, that's brutal. Um, so listen, we're gonna start with the Cavs, and we're gonna take a yes. deep breath and talk about the Indians. And if we have to, we only have like a minute left that we allow, that we're allowed to talk about the Browns. So we'll let's we talk about the Browns at the end. But um, yeah, well, before we get into that, Manny, I just want to get in the sense of. There's been a lot that's been going on, a lot of changes. We had the playoffs to the Indians, and that's gone away. Um, is there anybody that exists on your kill list right now? Can you can you have anyone that's on a kill list outside of the playoffs? Like any sport. I, anyone, I, you, anyone you metaphorically or theoretically want to kill right now? Any sport. I, I can. I can. I have a number one, Patty. Who's your number one? Oh, that's, that's a bummer, buddy. One second, Arthur, Arthur. You're stepping all over my lines. You no, know, Maddie has a really important thing he has to share with me right now. Yeah. Arthur, I had the timing all geared up and everything. You're stepping all over it. So, Maddie, you, you have someone on your kill list? Number one with a bullet. With a bullet. With a bullet. Who is it? Uh, Kevin Durant, man. One hundred percent. That's exactly who I was thinking about right now. Out of control. I don't know what got into him. I don't know who he thinks he is. I cannot wait. I, basketball Twitter, Patty, which I know you are all over. I am. All the talk is who's going to just take up, step up and take the fine and just clobber him at some mm -hmm. point because he's walking around acting like a tough guy. He is not a tough he's guy. He's not a tough guy. No. Not even close to a tough guy. He's not even really a fake tough guy. I'm going to go out on a limb, Matty, and say he's a buster. Yeah, oh, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a strong limb you're out on, Patty. I'll join you out there. <laughs> what the hell is going on, man? Why, where, where is this coming from? Uh, it can, I mean, obviously insecurity. He's been insecure this whole time, his entire career. He, that's why he jumped to the team that already won a championship to make it super easy to win. Oh, oh, oh. Patty, this analysis is what it is. This guy love it. so insecure his entire career. He's frustrated that he, isn't, that he didn't get the full line, line all the credit uh, with Russ, putting all the blame when they lost. Uh, and so he left for the one team that would make his accomplishment as small as possible. But that wasn't his point. He wanted just to be able to say he was a champion because he felt like that, you know, the fact that he didn't have a championship meant that he was never going to be on LeBron's level. So he wanted to get the easiest path to a championship. I get it. The guy, you know, we made the same criticism of, of, of LeBron uh, years back, but at the very least he built something as opposed to joining a team that had already won it with their current uh, structure. Um, and he got upset that no one really gave a shit about it because it was as unimpressive as we said it would be. And so he's upset that he's not getting the accolades. And now he's acting out and trying to be a tough guy. He's still Love trying him. to wear the villain label. He's a, he's a buster. The, uh, yeah, he, I, I, I'm aghast at his behavior. And the one thing that is interesting, I thought the, you know, he's getting technicals and thrown out of games constantly. And I think it was the one again when he picked a, a fucking fight with Boogie. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, please let Boogie just destroy him. Please. Oh. Please. <laughs> and uh, after the game, I was watching Sports Center and they had Steve Javi, the former official on, mm -hmm. former referee. Mm -hmm. And they were asking him, they were like, what's going on with the Warriors? Like, they seem extra chippy this year, don't they? And they're really mouthy with the refs. Why is that? And he was like, well, honestly, uh, a team takes its lead from its coach, and Steve Kerr is uh, really immature and uh, comes at officials in a really uh, really inappropriate way a lot. And I think his team follows his lead on that, which was the first time I'd heard that. You don't hear people criticizing Kerr very much ever. 
It's a spot on take too. Uh, I was, I really liked it a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yes. And it's definitely true, man. That team. Unbelievable. So many invented uh, grievances. Well, just like LeBron got chucked out of the game for doing like, I would say one fourth the one one fourth the vitriol of a run of the mill Draymond rant Draymond Green, which yeah. he got chucked for, yeah, and he got tossed for it. It was like, Whoa! <laughs> I mean, I hope yeah. this leads to like Draymond being tossed like twenty times to the a year. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he he is. He passed Draymond. He passed Curry. I, I don't even know. He's number one with a bull. I don't know who's in second place for me right now. It's a distant, distant second. I would just say that I think Draymond and Steph are always on my kill lists. Um, because it's funny, the, the KD stuff has overshadowed how much of a dick Steph has been all season. <laughs> like, you don't pay attention to what a complete dick he was. He chucked his mouth guard at a ref and then bitched and moaned about being chucked out of the game afterwards. Like, it was ridiculous. So silly. How could I be there? If I, I'm a good shooter. If I wanted, if I was throwing the, the like, yeah. if I was throwing it at him, I would have hit him. Like, I'm, dude, shut the fuck up and stop throwing your fucking dirty ass mouth guard at people. Like, no, I can't believe he was not suspended for that. Unbelievable. I no, actually, no, 100% could believe that. I told you that was going to happen. Exactly. You did. You were right. That no, was. I, uh... I, would, I would never pass up a metaphorical theoretical opportunity to kill uh, Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> What's surprising is that Katie is now 100% on that list. But I'm not sure anyone else is there. Like, I don't think there's anyone else that upsets me in the, not just basketball, but football or baseball. I mean, I don't care about football at all anymore. Uh, and baseball, yeah, I don't know. Anyone? Even anybody on the – nobody on the – that the Yankees series felt more like the Indians blowing it than the Yankees. Yeah, we'll get there. Look, here's an interesting thing, Maddie. So I feel like I have a very different attitude about sports now uh, uh, because of the championship. And I think that's – only natural because what is the point of becoming a champion if you don't change your perspective on sports it used to be, that's fair that's fair it used to be that the typical cleveland team blowing it choking it would just devastate me and i would obsess and spend as we say in this in the preamble to the show far too much time reading and thinking about them obsessing about them um i just find that it's easier for me to not to, to let go to be yeah. like yeah. All right. Well, the Indians blew it. Like I had a bad feeling about it. Like when they got hot in September, too you know, hot, like, too hot. You knew. You just knew. Yeah. Ah, damn, they peaked at the wrong time. Like it's one of those like things. Like cause that's the thing. We, we peaked at the right time last year, even though we were way devastated with injuries. We just happened yep. to be playing super hot at the exact right time, and that's why yep. I went to the series. And look, baseball. All you can ask for is get to the playoffs, see what happens. And, and yep. one of these. Just keep the team good year to year to year to year to year. Don't throw it all in just for one year. I feel like they have a solid team that's just trying to keep rebuild that team. And we'll get into that with the, the Indians. But it just it allows me to like I, I was able to take when the Cavs were struggling earlier this year. It was awful to watch. You know what I stopped doing? I stopped watching them. Yeah. You know what? They're consistently bad right now. I'm gonna wait till they get good. I don't need this in my life. Whereas yeah. before the Cavs won the championship, I would have forced myself to just sit through all of that stuff. Oh yeah. Would have punished myself. So I just think I don't know if, if you guys out there, Cavs fans, Cleveland fans, have have changed the w way you watch sports, the way you watch the Cavs, like w whether you force yourself through the bad times. I'm sure, sure as hell not watching the Browns anymore. I already no, oh, no. I've I watched the Browns game since 
I think I watched part of – now I watched week two, mm. that, that yeah. Baltimore series, that Baltimore game. Yeah. It was not horrible. It wasn't good, but it wasn't horrible. Yeah. I don't think I've watched a moment since then. I canceled my uh, DirecTV Sunday ticket this year for the first time. I got to tell you, I'm I'm glad I did that. I, I, yeah. I much prefer to have that $200, $300 in my pocket than choose to be depressed by terrible football every Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's a, it's a healthy change for me. I think I'm still having an unhealthy level of obsession with sports, but yeah, with Cleveland sports, but say la vie. Speaking it's not of, devastating you anymore. No, exactly. And, and I think it's helped sustain me through watching one of my all-time favorite Cavaliers players play for the fucking Boston Celtics. What the fuck happened with Kyrie? Dif- I, I don't know, man. This is uh, I don't I still don't get it entirely. Um, I I, had, I have a lot of uh, Uber conversations with Warriors fans here, right? That are that are pleasant, actually. I haven't had any unpleasant ones so far. Um, and the guy I was riding with the other night was just like, "Yeah, I mean that only happens if because he and LeBron hate each other. Mm-hmm. That has to be it. Because why else would you get out of that situation?" Side note right now, apparently Arthur is recording us doing the podcast with his iPad. I literally just heard our, our podcast being replayed on his iPad. <laughs> uh, all right. That's, that's um, a good use of his time. I think he heard me swearing and thought to himself, ah, this is, this is, this is material I can use against him with mom. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, continue. So that's got to be in the mix somewhere. It's just this, a sour relationship with him and LeBron. Um, I don't, like all the other narratives don't really add up to me. He wants to have his own team. Sort of, I guess he wants to go out and do it on his own. He's worried about like the, all the pieces don't add up. He's worried about LeBron leaving next year. All right, we'll just stick around another year, compete for a championship. And then it's your team. If LeBron really does go and you can do whatever you want. Did he always hate the Cavs ownership and man, was that there? His dad certainly plays a role in this somehow that I don't fully understand because you never get his dad on the record. But you, I, you sort of start to get the feeling that there's a um, just a more buttoned-up LeVar Ball situation going on with his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what the fuck? I don't get it. I think the, still, still. the answer is that Kyrie is a dick. <laughs> He's yeah. always kind of been a dick. His dad's a dick and an, an overbearing uh, dick. Uh, and he's also a little bit crazy. Like, he's a little bit not right in the head. Yes, which you started to hear. The, none of the Cavs really said anything on the record about this, but you, uh, Jason Lloyd reported that after he got – Yep. He told that fan to suck his dick uh, in <laughs> yep. Philadelphia, I think, and people are like, man, that's Kyrie. I don't yep. know what that's, man. That's been the whole time. Uh, I love – I love listening. I mean, this is – I still uh, listen to Bill Simmons stuff. I, know, I don't think you do any longer. But I love hate listening to it because he's like, Kyrie's just like, look at the bench on the Celtics. They get along so well and everybody's rooting for each other. You don't see that on the Cavs. And I was like, well, you're not watching games if that's what, yeah. if that's what you think. And Kyrie was just so devastated when Gordon Hayward went down. They were so close. I was like, what? What are you talking about? They've known each other for two months. Yeah. Maddie, speaking of narratives, that's the, that's the crazy thing. It's not, just, it's not just Bill Simmons. Of course, you would expect Bill Simmons to have crapped all over Kyrie, and now he's the greatest thing that's ever, ever happened. And yes. The fact that the entire league – like, I keep looking on Twitter, Tom Haberstroh from uh, True Hoop, who had all last year 
tons of like podcasts shitting on Kyrie as all over him. overrated. And yeah. like, I think he's kind of like kind of bad. He even went on a limb and had a hot take saying Kyrie's actually kind of bad. Like, look at this. Like, he should be like doing at this level with these other like. You know, I remember that we talked about that. I think yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, and like, he's kicking me out of heart. Now he's sending tweet after tweet after tweet about these unbelievable eye popping fourth quarter numbers. It's like Tom Haverstone. Fuck, dude. Yeah. You are. I mean, are you not embarrassed by this? This is terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His stats are identical. identical. It's amazing, isn't it? They have not changed. In fact, they're a little bit worse. His yep. fourth quarter numbers in a vacuum, which again, this is a small sample size. Tom Haverstro, analytical person. I don't understand this. Uh, uh, small sample size. You know who's, who's actually doing better than him in a small sample size? Pretty sure LeBron is. Yeah, LeBron is, is an, having an unbelievable statistical season. Yeah. LeBron has been – I don't know if we're – I can't remember if this is in the rundown. But LeBron has just been – Amazing. Unbelievable, dude. This is easily his what best – What is going on with him? I, clearly he's He's pissed. so good. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> <laughs> only one he's pissed. <laughs> only one thing can fuel this anger. <laughs> this is oh, I love thing. angry LeBron. Chip on his shoulder, LeBron. Oh, so good. I mean, what's crazy about this is I think that probably Harden's still in the lead for uh, uh, MVP just from a statistical reason because he didn't win it last year. Uh, he, he'll have a huge, and his, his team's going to be really, has been really good this year. I think that's going to be a big uh, thing, but. This might be. This is LeBron's last chance to win an MVP. I think. I. It's not impossible. If the Cavs finish, they got to finish top four record in the league. I think. Yep. Um, and I don't know if they'll care enough to do that. And they, you know, they'll have to integrate uh, Isaiah Thomas and do all that stuff. But man, LeBron has been unbelievable. Uh, I mean, what's crazy to me is that I'm, I, I, I knock on wood for this. We got flying wood first. But, like, his three-point shooting has been consistently good. It's not been uh, buoyed by a bunch of streaky games. Like, no. And hearing the way Kyle Korver talks about it, uh, he's been working with him. Like, if that's legit, if he's – like, right now he's shooting 43%. If he's even 46 or something from three, it's, it's – it, At least during that the winning streak he was Wait, shooting that high. I don't know if that's for the whole season, but at uh, least during that streak, which is a long time. I'll double check this, but I'm pretty sure he's well above 40% for, for the season on three-pointers. Um, and if he's actually like a 40% three-point shooter the rest of the year and, and just his career, if he's actually like done that, that's fucking devastating, man. <laughs> that kind of inside-outside game, that's just uh, – so, I mean, and that's, and that, that's, what, that's what we need is we don't have Kyrie anymore. Uh, it, you know. <sighs> he is shooting um, uh, 42% from three for the season. That's insane. So hopefully, yeah. that, but like, man, that guy, oh, if, if this is his last season, which it might be, man, what a, what a, what a parting gift, what a parting gift. Right? Right? Oh, yeah. But uh, other Cavs stuff, I mean, I, Dwayne Wade has been surprisingly awesome. He's playing the did role. You, did have. you read the, uh, the Jason Lloyd uh, oh, yes. piece about him? Yes, we read a bunch of Jason Lloyd. Great, great piece. Uh, the the feature on him I thought was excellent. Super candid, Dwayne Wade about where he's at in his career. Um, Talking about where, how- he, where he's at athletically, what he can do and can't do. Sort of why he wanted to start and why it was hard for him to be on the bench at the beginning and why he realized he needed to be. I, I was I don't know. I was pretty impressed with him, man. He's got a he's a really very, thought guy, and I did not realize. Yeah. About him, uh, mostly because I was too busy hating him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. 
<laughs> I guess what we're realizing, Pat, is hate can cloud our judgment. Is that possible? No way. Uh, I, <laughs> maybe. Um, I was too busy hating him to give him a chance to show me what a good guy he was. Yeah, super thoughtful. He's super you thoughtful. Should, you should know by you know his. Uh, do you follow his wife on Twitter? Uh, no, I should though. Uh, she, I, and I, she is good. Because I, yeah, there's there's a couple of really great Twitter follows uh, uh, like that. Um, another one is uh, uh, Chrissy Teigen is a fucking great Twitter follow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I got I gotta get her because yeah, she. I, she I recommend really, Gabrielle Union. She'll trash talk. She makes fun of him. <laughs> she's she's a better follow than Aisha Curry. Better trash talker than Aisha Curry. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I'm sorry, that was a, that was a rhetorical question, Maddie. Uh, not even close. But no, yeah, I mean, that, that that line in particular, I it, it, he was talking about how you know when he first started, like his his move from the baseline, from the you know three point line, oh, yeah. and then just jump, and he he knew he had the dunk. Then it became like you know two two dribbles. Like now he's like I, it's at least three dribbles before I can get. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but no, it's great. Like watching what he's particularly he's been able to do to run that second unit. He's the one guy that can't shoot, but he's the tallest point guard, so he generally has mismatches. He's a good post-up guy. He gets into position for that shot that he's good at taking, that he actually yeah. has a really high percentage on. And because we have Channing Fry uh, and Kyle Korver and all these shooters lined up around him on the outside, on the perimeter, it throws them off. So they've got these guys who aren't used to guarding on the perimeter. It's it's yeah. a, nice little, uh, a, a, a tweak in that um, – in that inside outside spread the floor gambit, you don't usually have a non three point shooting point guard doing that, and I think that's throwing yep. a lot of teams off. Not like come playoffs, teams will, will find a way to work around it, but it will hopefully create advantages for us because I don't know any other teams that have lineups like that where the point guard is posting up and pitching out to centers that are shooting. Like I don't yeah. know any team that's doing that. The um, you know the other part that's been uh, it's not underrated by such um. John Krolik uh, is all over this, but uh, Jeff Green has been great on those second units. Mm -hmm. Great. That was a signing that I, I personally shit all over Patty. Yep. When we made it, but he's been for the minimum. Explosive. I mean, he, he's Fan fantastic. He's been like uh, 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 Derek um, uh, Williams, but better, <laughs> more consistent. Uh, someone who actually has more, more athletic, more athletic, more explosive. Um, you know, they're similar in terms of their three-point shooting in the sense that, you know, he can hopefully take advantage of it, uh, but they leave him open all the time. But because in particular, pairing him with Wade, he gets more opportunities to make those off-ball cuts, uh, uh, to, to make those dunks, playing the power forward position, getting guys who are out of position and aren't used to covering someone like him. So it's, again, it's a lot, it's a lot of that cross-matching that allows him to really kind of, like, do what he does well. But apparently, like, Lou was the one clamoring for this signing. And in a way he didn't for Derek uh, Williams and has always been saying like, he's going to be a big part of the plans. And it's amazing to see, you know, that actually come through. Like this is, this is Tyler's secret weapon. I mean, not, yeah. he's, he's, he's limited, but like the point is he's an actual weapon off the bench. And it's been really great to see uh, him do all that stuff. One thing that's interesting, Maddie, is that we've got a couple of guys coming back, right? Derek Rose, who knows with him, he almost retired. That was rough, uh, but he's coming. I don't want him coming back. Nor, nor do I. I know that he, he's, you saw that he thinks he might have to have ankle surgery, right, on bone spurs or something oh, he to should. keep him out another. If he's talking about, like, not leaving the game, he's got, like, seven years left on a huge contract with Adidas, he, that contract, as far as I understand, continues if he's having surgery, if he's, if he's injured. Yes. So you fucking do that. Do that. Yep. 
Um, because we aren't going to really be able to trade him, and we can't cut him, and he's got no room on this team anymore. There's no way he should be playing any minutes for us at all. We can cut him. What are you talking about? Oh, it costs a lot of money, I think. My understanding is um, – no, check upstairs in Mommy's room. Um, that's a good – it can't cost that much. I, it was something I read in the Jason Lloyd article that it, it, it compound that cutting him actually compounds the uh, uh, taxes as opposed to letting him play out the year on the team. Something like that. There's some penalty or something. I don't know. Oh, well, that's um, unfortunate. Yeah. So cutting him is not really an option. Um, but if he's, you know, so the point is he'll be on the roster the rest of the year, and we not we don't need to we don't need to fill that roster spot. I don't care about that. So he, just, he does need to come back. But more importantly, TT is coming back. Yes, soon, I think. Soon. And that causes a, ca- a, a cascade effect, right? Um, I think I, mean, I think it should be in the starting lineup again so we can move Love back to, to power forward, or at least be able to. Do you? I do. You know? How do you feel? I, I like Love at center. Where does TT play? TT can't play in that second unit. That second unit doesn't work if, if you've got somebody who can't shoot. And well, I'm saying, I think we got a TT conundrum. Yeah. Do you, do you want to trade TT? I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think there's a real question of what his place is uh, on this team and in the league generally a little bit maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but people just see what roles he can play. Now, he's super important and helpful in the way that the way he can't shoot three is right, but because of what he does in that role, sure. value to a unit. TT is the one guy who can't shoot, has a great role when he's surrounded by the right guys. I still think that the old lineup – of uh, uh, TT, but more importantly, I like having TT on that floor when we bring in uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is going to be a huge problem on defense, like an enormous problem, not just against the Golden State Warriors. He's going to be an enormous yeah. problem on defense. So having somebody that is very nimble on the perimeter, go ahead, yeah. no, very nimble on the perimeter, uh, uh, is going to be really helpful for helping us cover and adjust to that that defensive uh, lineup. I love Kevin Love against centers. And I think we can still use that in lineups, but I don't know if it needs to be the starting lineup necessarily. I feel like so TT like needs to be out there with Isaiah Thomas. That's sort of my sense. My sense. What I <laughs> this this is a question to me of how how important consistency is because I'd love if we could play him or not play him depending on the matchups that we have. Yeah, and put him in the starting lineup or not putting him in the starting lineup depending on who we're playing, right? Mm-hmm. And let his minutes fluctuate drastically mm-hmm. based on that. Um, that feels ideal to me. I just don't know how viable that really is as a, an option. If that's too hard for players to not know what they're doing, yeah. what, what their minutes are going to look like night to night. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, I honestly just don't know enough about the, the psychology of teams to evaluate. Yeah, it's, it's a how kind of- real that is. But and after that, there's, there's times he should not be playing very much. Agreed. Look, and, and, and what I love about Ty Lue is Ty Lue has created a culture, at least, that guys are cool with. And, and, and the fact that Kevin Love has set the example by being cool with this and not making us think about it. Uh, and also, Dwayne, D. Wade. Uh, yeah. don't know who's going to finish the game. And Ty Lue has made it very clear, I'm going to go with a lineup that's working in the final minutes. Like, I, it, no yeah. guarantees on that. And it could be any totally different set of guys that works. And I find that to be a strength of the team. That's why I still want TT there. Because again, he will help against certain teams when we have certain lineup issues. He gives us he gives us a different dimension at an elite level. He does certain things elite, right? He has agreed. He, he has an elite ability for a man of his size to uh, cover on the perimeter and to cover guards. That's an amazing and hard to uh, quantify skill, but it is. Although, 
I am a little worried that that slipped from its 2016 peak. Maybe I still feel like that that slip in particular because he was having to actually play, spend a lot of minutes against those centers and stuff. Like I think I think we beat him down last year. Mm. We were talking about how, how he was a little bit exhausted. We we're happy they got injured towards the end of the year, so he could. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that may be part of it. So having all this time off and it might help. We'll see. But that's true. But he has he does a lot of things that are really important really well, and that's a u- unique weapon to have. So I don't know what I don't know what we're gonna do, but because the problem is if you move TT into the starting lineup, let's say we do particularly to help with Isaiah Thomas, then you've got to move Crowder out. Where does Crowder go? Oh, great. Fucking bar- buried on the bench, hopefully. Yeah, probably. Crowder has been terrible. And I hate him. I always hated him. <laughs> and I, this one I was right about, Patty. This one, my, the hate clarified my judgment. It didn't cloud well, he, it. He was a system player. I don't know. He, 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 made, he, made, he made so many smart cuts up the ball, but it doesn't work on our team um, for some reason. I don't know what that's about. And he's been terrible on defense. Like, we need someone who can be de- good on defense against wings. It's frustrating. Yeah. I, think, uh, I hate watching him break open threes. Me too. Um, I, I, I sort of see him and, J- and Jeff Green uh, alternating minutes in the second unit um, uh, if GT does pull into that, 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 that start. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. If one of them's having a tough game, then the other one gets the minutes. You know, it could be a sort of a hot streak thing, which is fine. Because um, I think the one thing that is, it should be clear, people are talking about, well, I guess Channing Fry is going back to the bench. I'm like, no. Channing Fry makes that second unit work. Having Channing Fry and Corver on the floor together is yeah. crucial, that second unit. You have yep. to keep that going, which makes me so happy that Channing Fry is getting playing time. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. All right, should we uh, transition to the tribe? Or do you want to talk about the um, No, that's enough Cavs stuff for right now. I mean, like, I'm, I'm pleased. I, I was freaked out a little bit early in the year when they were playing crappy, and I, I – yeah, maybe should, maybe shouldn't have been. They, this winning streak was against some pretty mediocre teams. So was the Celtics. They had one, big, they had one really big quality win, which is against the, the Warriors. Yeah. Um, but that was it. Like, literally, can you, can you name any other impressive win in that streak that the Celtics had? No. No. I, no, I can't. No, no, they were beating crappy teams uh, is what they were doing for the most part. They so, beat a couple decent teams. Like, you know, we beat some decent teams. But, like yeah. – now, mostly I'm, I'm happy that they seem to be playing well. There's some urgency there. And, I mean, they, sh- they should have won last night. Kyle Korver had a terrible shooting night if he that happens. Yeah. puts out. Yeah, that's, that's how I felt watching it. I was watching him miss open threes and be like, all right. Oh, well, that's the kind of it's going to be. Yep. Um, yeah. No, it, it, I'm excited to see them start uh, uh, um, playing some quality West Coast teams and seeing what happens with those games and, and taking it from there. Yeah, Integrating – Integrating Thomas, getting TT, all that stuff will be interesting. But I'm yeah, and, and, we got, and mostly we've got LeBron, and let's yeah. enjoy that while we have it. And we got a Christmas Day game against the Warriors. Will Steph be back by then? I guess he might, right? Un- unclear. Unclear. Could could be, but yeah. So that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. I always love to hate watch the, <laughs> the Warriors. Oh, it's the best. Um, yeah. So good, good reasons to feel positive about the Cavs in our last uh, LeBron season potentially. So. Mm-hmm. All right, I so don't think that's – very quickly, I don't think that's 100%, Patty. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's the most likely outcome, but I don't think it's 100% I don't know. Maddie, I saw something on Twitter the other day for, uh, that LeBron and Nerlens Noel are thinking about teaming up to with the Lakers. It's a super team, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, by the way. Someone really put out an article that there's a rumor going that LeBron and Nerlens are going to, turn, to, to team up. And Rollins will be well rested since he can't get break. He can't. He can't get a man on a fucking Mavericks team. And, all right. Yeah. 
No, seriously, it was, it's it's terrible. Kurt Helen, I think, is the guy is the guy who reported it. He's a Lakers beat writer. Um, you know, just terrible shit. Anyway, try. Um, that was a bummer last year. Uh, but we we sort of had a bad feeling going into it. Yeah, we talked about this earlier, right? Like, this is that's how it rolls. They got hot at the wrong time. I hate, like you said, in center field. They should. They, I felt like they should have just moved J Ram back to third base. I, I understand that J Ram is better at second base, but like, you get the bat in and put people in positions that they are comfortable in. I think the center field thing was a bad idea. It's just. Yeah. Urcella's defense letting us down. I mean, that's a, the craziest thing was that the defense got bad. Right. Um, we made that. We made that move for the defense, and really, Kit, this only hurt us what once or twice in this in center field. At the most, it was yeah. one like he had, he had a, week, a noodle arm throw at a home plate that you know he sh- and that was like for sure. Any uh, center average center fielder should have should have uh, nailed what's his name that that third baseman I fucking hate. Frazier. God, I don't know why, why do I hate Frazier so much? I don't know. I just, hate, I just don't like his face. He never did anything to you. Don't like his face. I don't know what it is. He's always got this this I don't know expression in his face that weird birthmark. That's a val- that's a valid reason. Yeah. And that Sackman role. I'm invoking it. I hate his face. Yep. Um, so yeah, he should have thrown him out there. And maybe there's one of the like ball he didn't get that he could have gotten. I don't know. It was he wasn't a disaster out there. Though. He was not a disaster out there, and he was he was the one guy who was fairly consistently getting some clutch hits. Um, so I'm glad we had his bat in the lineup. It was Ursula and uh, Eric Gonzalez that both uh, uh, fucked up, and that yep. was the point. We had them on the roster for for, for the defense, and they blew yep. it. That sucked. So <sighs> shit like that's gonna happen. Uh, we got really unlucky with a bunch of things. I mean, we would have swept them if Judge did not catch that uh, home run ball. Yep. From uh, uh, what's his name, um, Frankie. Yeah. So you know, but the whole that's the game. The whole point, just get to the playoffs and see what happens. And I, I we have stand a very strong chance of going back to the playoffs next year, no matter what we do in the off season. Uh, but speaking of the off season, what are you thinking so far? So your, your brother in particular hated the Brantley signing. Oh, hated. I think that's just a misread from 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 John. I agree. I agree. But like his worry is that signing Brantley means we aren't going to sign Santana. We signed Brantley to what? The, uh, we picked up his. We just picked up his option. I was what, 12, 12 million, 15 million? I want, I want to say 12. 12 million. Not that, not that much, honestly. 12 million. Santana, we gave the obligatory uh, uh, qualifying offer of 17 million for one year, and he turned yep. naturally, which is, as you showed, you should be getting a multi year deal. Uh, we're still on the hunt for him. For sure. Uh, what the market's, the market's still sorting itself out for first baseman, right? Yeah. I imagine Hosmer goes ahead of him after the year Hosmer had. Um, I'm trying to think who else is out there. There's a couple guys that are sort of in that category, low batting average, some mm-hmm. power. Uh, the last couple of years, those guys have not been valued. Home runs are up so much that the home runs he hit aren't really worth as much on the open market as they were previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, I, we don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's a bunch of, I mean, the, the, we'll talk about Stanton. That domino fell. Yeah, Stanton um, the Yankees. We don't know. We don't know what the Yankees bring up either. Which, so that's sort of annoying. But Star- Starlin Castro is the only thing I've seen. Right. And not, not that that can be the end of the deal, but but that that's in there. Um, so yeah, absolutely, still still possible that we bring him back. A chance that we lose him too. Although I think there's a um, Yandy Diaz is the obvious uh, in-house replacement that we have for him. Yeah. We're gonna lose. We're gonna lose Jay Bruce. Um, which is too bad. I liked him on the squad, but is that, is that for sure? 
not for sure, but but pretty likely. Somebody will throw more money at him than we're comfortable throwing at him. I also feel like Jay Bruce, what, what, this is his 32 or 33-year season, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's not. Like, it feels like this was his peak season with us. and he was somebody, so- Somebody's going to sign him to a multi-year deal that we would never do and, and are smart not to do. So it's yeah, so it's it's one of those bummer things, but I, I don't want to. Let's talk- enjoy the time we spent with him and uh, wish, and- wish him well. What made him extra valuable is the way we were able to use him primarily against right-handed pitching and give him breaks. I mean, even though he played it pretty much every day in the playoffs, like he was most valuable against those right-handed pitchers. Um, but, yes. Uh, um, He's gone. Austin Jackson's gone. Brian Shaw's gone. Is he likely. Sure gone? Somebody's going to throw more money at him than we're comfortable. And that's, again, probably right. That's not – it's silly to invest big money in your bullpen. I know Brian Shaw is one of those freakish guys. You know, our fans hate him. Your brother hates him. Uh, uh, but like from a statistical standpoint, like he's crucial to a bullpen. Oh yeah, quality arm. Uh, uh, he does have you know implosions or whatever. But the point is, like, no one puts up the numbers he does. Yeah. With, with I, uh, number of appearances and his rubber arm, be able to throw him in in any situation. That guy makes a bullpen. We're, we're going to need two bullpen arms to replace what he does. Yeah, that's the other. And they the other. they signed Otero. You saw that. That's true. That's great. I love Otero. Although he didn't have a great year last year. He his two years ago he, he was fucking lights out. Last he was better. Year, no. I sort of trust this team to come up with. Um, I do too, to be honest. Yeah. Are you upset that we lost our pitching coach, Patty? Yes, very very upset about that. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping it wasn't all him. I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping it wasn't all him. I think it might have been. Uh, who do we have, have we signed a new pitching coach yet? No. Yeah, it was, it's our old pitching coach. Um, I got to look this up. It's a guy that was with us, uh, I think, when Wedge was there. Oh, that's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up. We were, it's funny, I, I know there was some talk about taking uh, uh, the, the. Carl Willis. Who? Carl, Carl Willis. Willis. Oh, I love Carl Willis. Yeah. All right, that's, yeah, all right. yeah. that's all right. That's all right. Carl Willis uh, uh, managed some good staff. So that's, that's him. I mean, he was good. He, he was there 03 to 09. I'm just looking yeah, at Carl Willis was there when Cliff Lee went from a terrible arm to being a Cy Young winner. Yeah. Uh, he helped uh, CC go from an mm-hmm. upper level pitcher to a Cy Young winner. Uh, yeah. You know, no, he, that, that's a good pitching coach. Okay. That makes me happy. Yeah. I know there was some talk about uh, the Red Sox manager coming back to us. Um, Farrell. Farrell. Um, which I, I wouldn't have been opposed to either. Uh, I like Farrell. Uh, and I think the Red Sox are a shitty organization for constantly firing managers that, that win them World Series. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, that was a dumb, dumb move. Who do they get instead? Who do they give to replace him? Uh, Cora, right? Cora? Yeah. Alex, like, Cora, Alex Cora? Not Joey Cora. I mean, no. Joey Cora? Jesus. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. Fuck the Red Sox, man. So I think the biggest key to the tribe offseason is what we do with Kittness, don't you? You mean where we play him next year? Yeah, or whether we move him. I don't know what his trade value is. No, that's why I don't want us to move him. I think he's actually very valuable, and the fact that he was hurt last year, it hurts his trade value. Uh, I think he should be our starting second baseman. But, you know, I understand the fact that defensively we're better with J-Ram and uh, Frankie up the middle. But I don't think Kittness has the arm to play. Doesn't have the arm to play third base, so therefore I'd rather have J Ram at third and then try and move Yandy to first, especially if we lose Santana. But if we re-sign Santana, then we got no room for Yandy, uh, and J Ram's over at third. So it's like 
maybe it's the kind of thing where we start the season with Kip at second and hopefully have a strong early season and then trade a mid-season so we can move everyone around. Yeah. That's why I'd love to still sign Santana and, uh, you know, figure out what to do with Yandy. Because Yandy, yeah. Yandy, Yandy should be playing full-time. I'm, I was sort of upset that he wasn't in the playoff roster. I would have rather had, like, Yandy right. and Kip at second, you know? Especially with what happened. I, I liked what they were doing during the winning streak where Yandy started at third and then they replaced him with Urshela. Yeah, late in the game. Do that again in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Why didn't we do that? Ah, so frustrating. Well, I think it's just roster. I mean, they were also doing that with 40-man roster size after the <laughs> September call-up. So That's true. It's a little misleading. What would you like to see us do? If you had your druthers, between Santana, Kipnis, Yandy, J-Ram, Frankie, what do we do with our infield? Or do we move some of these guys to the outfield? What would you have us do? God, so that, that's all, I think that's where you, we start thinking about it, is what does the outfield look like this year? Yeah. And presumably that means Zimmer in center, mm-hmm. Chisenhall in right, and then a, a platoon in left to include Almonte, who they signed, Nice. Dyer. Diaz theoretically can play out there. Brantley. <laughs> oh, fucking A. Brantley. We have Michael God. Yeah. Log jam out there. There are some, lo- we're log jamming. I mean, I guess, I guess the, the, the right field platoon is Chisholm and Geyer. The left field platoon. And then you got Greg Allen floating around. It's too many pieces. They, they got to move somebody. That's what two, the, the, these are guys that should be in the big leagues. Yeah, exactly. And it's a waste to have them at AAA. So somebody's somebody's got to go. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. And, I don't, and, and, and now most likely that is Santana's gone because we don't. Somebody throws some money at him and we can't afford him. Right. Um, and that everybody sort of moves up a space then. Um, then Yandy. Kips. Yeah, or they or you know they were talking about playing Brantley at first base. I saw that. Do you think Kip is a little weird? Is Kipnis in the outfield like a legitimate thing next year? I don't, that? I don't know. Can he, I, I don't think his bat plays. Any, I don't know. who's. I mean, we have weird corner outfield bats, mm-hmm. especially if Brantley's not out there anymore. Um, I was going to say Kipnis' bat doesn't really play at the corner outfield, but maybe, I don't know, maybe. Maybe it does in the new, the new world. Zimmer's got to be out in center, though. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. The, the, the locks are Frankie at shortstop, Zimmer in center field, bar none. And uh, Jose and, and Ramirez someplace. And J Ram somewhere, but like, yeah, I don't think it's a lot. He's in second base. He's <laughs> better there. Actually, Patty, you know what we didn't talk about that we should have is uh, catcher. Oh God, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we have Gomes and um, um, Perez, Roberto, uh locked up for a couple of years. Yeah, so but, what? But what? Oh God, Jesus Christ! Of course. Our, our um, top prospect, Patty? Yeah, yeah. Our, 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 who's ready for the fucking majors right now. He's a who is, who, who is ready for the majors. So I don't think they start – I think they stick him in AAA at the beginning of the year and just Major. let him – Yeah. Because um, if we stick him in the minors at the beginning of the year, we control his arbitration for next year, right? Like, isn't it if we, bring, if we call up after a certain point? Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I don't think the September call-up uh, activated that. So – They'll, they'll start him there, and he—I mean, he wasn't—he—he he didn't look great. Um, yeah, agreed. In his call up, so they'll let him get some more seasoning there. But then at some point, that somebody's got to go there. Those are three major league catchers. Perez could be. I mean, I think I, I remember having this conversation before the season last year that Perez is arguably the best backup catcher in the in the league. Um, that Roberto should be starting over Gomes. Right. And did in the playoffs yep. for the most part. Yep. And I, like, I'm, I'm also fine with Gomes and Roberto basically just totally splitting time and, yep. and, 
and it, I think that's fine. I think it's great having both. Of, that's a huge, huge asset to have. It's injury protection one and two. I don't know. It's just great having two really great defensive catchers that have pop in their bats and are not a total liability at the plate. But one of them is going to be gone. So just to make your peace with that, Patty. <sighs> well, that's the thing. Is Major definitely going to be catching? Because I'm at Major at first base too. Yeah, they're talking him there. I think they tried him at third a little bit in the fall league too. Because but who he, knows? Because I, I not, like like Santana. He's not he's not nearly uh, at, at Gomes or Roberto's defensive level as a catcher. Is my no, he's not he's not bad. He's, bad. Yeah, he's not bad. That's true. So I I don't know a lot of lot of good possibilities on this team. Which I'm like whatever they lose, I feel good about them coming back. I trust. Jesus Christ, do I trust Terry Francona? And um, and uh, and our front office. Yes. Turn off and um, um, God damn it! What's the? Uh, I'm totally blanking on the other front office guy. Antonetti. Antonetti, yeah, Antonetti and turn off. I trust those guys with Francona implicitly. Yep. Like they might make the wrong calls, but they'll have a good process to it, and they they make the right gambles. Like that's the thing. Yep. A lot I of think that's right. The gambles might not pay off all the time, but they're 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 making the right bets. And so I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see what they do. And uh, they'll, be, they'll be fine. They'll be contenders next year. That's all. What, what more can we ask, Patty? What more can you ask? Uh, absolutely. And that's the thing. I want to make sure that they continue to keep us contenders, not just next year, but in 2022. Right? Yes. Like, that, yeah. that's the key thing. If we can be contending for the playoffs every year until 2022, the odds are good that one of those years we'll get hot and win the World Series. Yeah. And that's, what all, that's all I want. And I guess the thing underlying all of that is, are we able to lock up uh, Frankie? Yeah, that's that down the big thing. Or not. I have a feeling he goes he takes himself to free agency, but let's see. Uh, in fact they turned down what we already offered makes me think that. But I also feel like if we're negotiating with him now, are do you know are we negotiating with him now? I would presume in the off season that we picked it up again. My I would hope, think so. My hope is that the decision behind whether we keep Santana or not is also playing into what we're committing to Frankie. And if if getting Frankie meant not committing any money to Santana, I would do that a million times over, obviously. Of course. So we can actually replace. We can't replace Frankie. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, well, Maddie, should we, should we commit our final minute to the Browns? Let's do it. Do it. Maddie, you told me before the podcast that you're actually a little bit impressed by the Browns. I, I don't, I don't, I think, oh. I think there's a real argument to be made, Pat, that what they're doing is every bit as impressive as the sustained run of excellence that the Patriots have had over the last 15 years. And it's just the polar opposite. And we didn't cheat. It was, it was duly earned. Oh, my God. Not even close to – well, I guess we cheated that one time. No, fuck, you're right. We did. We did get caught cheating. <laughs> it was the weakest kind of cheating, and it didn't help us. It hurt us for sure. Oh, man. God, the parallels are eerie. We're right? And we're equally as bad as they are good at winning. <laughs> this – being this bad for this long is not easy. Most teams would stumble into victories. A couple prospects that you pick would turn out to be good. Maddie, It's unreal. Maddie, can you remember the last time? So, so obviously, you know, Sashi's gone. Uh, uh, as, as I was saying to you earlier, I feel like uh, it's amazing that Hugh Jackson actually won that koala fight. Uh, yeah. Sashi Brown. Uh, just to, to give uh, Riffle a shout out, uh, that whenever I think of two really pathetic people having a knuckle to the death fight to, serve, to, to save their job, like that, I can't believe Hugh Jackson's still here. That's insane. But uh, uh, whatever. Um, can you remember what was the last time we had a front office in place for more than two years? Uh, 
Dear God. That's how incredible this streak has been. How long was Holmgren there for? I think two years, maybe a half, two and a half. But he came in the middle of one season. He stayed for a second full season. I don't know that he finished that, that second season. I, I think you might be right. How long was Savage there for? I think Savage was there for three years. Maybe he got fired in the middle of his third year. Because Cornell was there oh my for God. Years, right? Cornell finished three full seasons, I think. Yes, I'm pretty sure. But I think, right. I think Savage got fired in the middle of that third season when he was telling that angry fan on text to go fucking root for Buffalo. <laughs> I think that was like sh- shortly after he got fired. But even his run was still like, uh, John Schneider tried to make a power play in the middle of that and try to get him fired and he got himself fired instead. So like another big Again, our, our, our low light reel is every bit the matchup of the Patriots highlight reel. Yes. And over the same time. Every, it started the same every time, bit. basically. Yep. But we joined 99, so it was 01, I think, when they finally came busted through, right? The Patriots. Yeah, but those first couple of years were expansion years and every, so it was honeymoon phase and nobody was expecting anything. I don't even think that counts as part of this I, thing. I still think Carmen Policy and Dwight, uh, Dwight Clark? Clark might have had the longest run. Three years, Unreal. right? Three years? Unreal. I mean, Tim Couch is still our winningest quarterback, right? Yep, he is. You know that stat, you've heard that before, that Ben Roethlisberger has the most wins in, in the Brown Stadium. Jesus Christ. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, that's the one that cuts the deepest to me. That seems about right. A fat quarterback rapist has the most... Who we should have drafted. Who we should have drafted. We should have drafted that rapist, Matty. I know. <laughs> I know it. Eesh. Eesh. I'm saying I'm, that's when I talk to people out here. I, so I still have a Browns debit card that I used <laughs> from, from PNC that I like signed up for years ago, and they just kept reissuing it. I remember that card. You still get that card? Why? I still get it. Although I got a notice because it just re-ups. I got a notice though that was like, "Hey, PNC has uh, dissolved its relationship with the Browns, so your next one won't be a Browns credit card. We'll stop charging you." I was like, "Oh my god!" And it was like you were getting charged for the Browns. It was like a dollar a year for that, and they were like. But and now also you won't have access to discounts for Browns goods through the team store. And I was like, hey, di- no problem. Discounts? discounts the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Discounts on garbage. <laughs> um, so I use that a lot, and so I have a lot of random conversations with people when I'm buying stuff, and that's what I say now. I'm just like, I'm rooting for them to lose. This is this is amazing. Yes, I want the perfect season. I want it to happen. Yeah. I, I I believe in them, Patty. Don't blow it. Yeah, who, who do you want to take next year? Quarterback, you want us to trade for Alex Smith? I just saw the rumor we're trying to trade for Alex Smith. Oh, dear God. Uh, let's definitely trade out of the number one spot, no matter what. Yes, let's do that. Patty, I, this is way more time than I thought we were going to take it. I know you have a hot take yeah. coming, but right very quickly before that, Josh Gordon. Oh, what the Christ. fuck? That's great. <laughs> what? First place. That dude is a freak. So good. He's been gone for two years and he just comes right in. No big deal. I've got it. Getting hot. Getting high and drunk before games and being the best receiver in the league that year? No big deal. Got it. Done. He just, like, he is the impressive. first time he did he's like, I just want to see if I could play really well drunk. Turns out I could. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's crazy, but it is impressive. He he was out of the league for like two years and, yes. and went up against like a top cornerback. Like that cornerback he was playing against in the Chargers. The Chargers don't have a great defense necessarily, but that cornerback is really good. He would have a ball right over his helmet like it was nothing. 
so fast. So tall, so good. He's a free agent at the end of this year. Is that the truth? I, th- I think so. It seems I thought, unfair. I thought exactly. It's really unfair. I thought we had at least control of him for one more year because uh, he hadn't played a full year yet. But I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that would be nice. It would be a nice little consolation if he reju- rejuvenates his career and, uh, and is good with us when we turn around next year. Here, here's my, so here's my hot take. Here's my hot take. Uh, one, I don't give a shit what the Browns do. I just don't give a damn about them anymore. They are a garbage team. Yeah. I stopped caring about what they do. I will wake up and start caring when the, when they start to, to put together a couple of consecutive games uh, and drafts and yada yada. Uh, I don't care that we've hired this guy from, from KC. Blah, 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 blah. My attitude was we just haven't had a coach and GM stay together for three years. They're both terrible. The Browns are already terrible. They've been so unbelievably terrible. I don't think we can do any worse. I wanted them both back. I wanted them both back. I wanted to do one more year. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do it one more time. Like, clearly, clearly, Sashi was doing some crazy, stupid shit. Kenny Britt signing. Uh, uh, the, the, the saying yes to the trade for A.J. McCarron. A second and third <laughs> round pick for A.J. McCarron. And then botching the trade deal. <laughs> Oh, I mean, low light reel. Low light reel. I mean, I think honestly, it was a situation where the owner was forcing him to do it, and he was. And God bless him if this if this, if this turns out to be right. Uh, I think he did uh, spike that on purpose and fuck it up on purpose because he knew it was a stupid fucking deal. Which is why God I'm like, sign that man up for another year. I'd yeah. Keep him. Keep him. He was uh, so like, yeah, he fucked up a couple places, but like, he had a couple good hits. And honestly, like, maybe these guys grow uh, in the third year. I want to see a third year out of this guy. Who gives a shit if we have another third year of terrible? We've been terrible for over a, like two decades almost. It's yeah, two decades in two years. Let him do another year. Who gives a shit? Terrible is the baseline. But also, we're, show, we're there straight to future good cam. That's good uh, GM. The middle GMs. Hey, we give three year plans here. We give you time to to work this shit out. We don't yeah. know. So we're going to let you work it out. And if you don't work it out in three years, you're out. We give you three years. We at least give you three years. We can't say that to anybody now. No one can yeah. think of it in three years. So that's why I was like, fuck it. Keep bringing back. That's my hot take. Isn't it a little – I like this take, Patty. Just do it. It's too late now, but they should have done it. It fits perfectly into my, my theory of just wanting them to be bad too. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, it's at the point now where – I don't know if you have somebody in your life like this, and I don't even know if I have somebody I'm thinking of specifically, but it's a crazy person, guy or girl, right? A crazy person. And they start dating somebody and you're immediately like, I mean, I know, I know what friend we have that's like this. We don't need to say his name. (laughs) And you're immediately like, well, what's wrong with this person that's dating them? Right? Like that's the first question. What the fuck's wrong with this guy that just took the GM job? Yes. No. Why would you? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Nope. <laughs> Qualified? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not, because why would you take this job? Uh, Something's wrong. Anyone who takes this job, I immediately go, hmm. Mm, mm. Something's off. I might have had no opinion of you before. I might have thought well of you before. The minute you do this, I go, I'm going to think twice about you now. Yep. <laughs> why would you do this? It indicates to me that you have a drinking problem, <laughs> that you are a harasser, that you get hired. If you're competent at all and you're taking this job, it means that there's some deep personality or character flaw 
that that disqualifies you from other positions that would be better suited to your skill set. The Cleveland Browns are a I have no place else to go type move. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have hit rock bottom and this yes. is the only lifeline. It's the last port of call. Desperation. That's, <laughs> that's it. I'm out to see if I don't get in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this guy. I mean, I read a few articles about this guy as he came in. Apparently, he is incredibly abrasive. Uh, he will fire people for no reason and give no reason and not explain himself Ooh. to anyone. Oh, Patty, this is shaping up nice. Yep. But at the same time, there's guys who say about him and people that work with him saying, I loved working for this guy. Like this guy, yeah. straight shooters, blah, blah, blah. Like straight shooter, I'm like, yeah, but he doesn't tell you why he fire somebody. Uh, uh, always available, like, you know, kind of guy who's like a little bit too obsessed with football and works constantly and doesn't like, ever t- take time off. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, to be fair, the Chiefs have drafted some pretty good people over the years. Like, they have a mm-hmm. solid team built primarily through the draft. Like, they, and he's been primarily in charge of that. So he has a good track record. This is not, I mean, he's been doing it with Andy Reid. So Andy Reid also has a track record of being a coach that also has a very strong hand in drafting. I don't know what to make of Hugh Jackson's decisions because I don't know what decisions he actually made. It's very unclear where whether he actually wanted Kessler or whether he was covering for uh, – Right, right. Uh, it's very unclear uh, who are his guys and who aren't. Um, so who knows with all that stuff. Uh, all I know is, man, I don't know. I, I'll tell you this, Matty. I am not taking the approach. I, most of this year I was taking the approach because I, I started to think they are going to be good. I think you're right. We should be rooting for this team to be laughably bad like the Indians back in the 80s and 70s and just take joy in the incompetence. Yes. We are champions, Matt. Yeah. Cleveland fans, we are already champions. You don't have to care. Have fun with this. Don't don't get mad about the perfect season parade that is uh, being planned on Twitter right now. And embrace it. Participate. Enjoy it. We should have yes. if we go perfect season. We have an 0-16 season. We should have a parade in Cleveland. Maddie, I might fly home for it. Fuck it. I, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Have fun with this, man. The Browns are terrible. Embrace it. Rejoice. This uh, is not normal suck. This is historically bad suck. Exactly. The funny the thing, thing I will say, Maddie, I do think the Browns have enough crazy young, uh, 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 unclear talent that a really good draft and with all the cap space they have, they could become good overnight next year. I think that's 100% possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? I don't care. I don't care if they do. I will nope. rejoice either way. Rejoice in what the Browns are, which is a, the most incompetently run football team in all of, all of football. Which Maybe in history. Maybe in history. in history. Which is also a declining sport that is getting increasingly uncomfortable to watch. So Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's also that. It's great times for it. Ah, well, Matty, it was good to be back. I know it feels good, Patty. Let's not go another six months. Can we make that promise to each other? I will say, for as a, as a, as a production note, in terms of why this all happened, uh, I traditioned jobs. I moved from Brooklyn to Scarsdale, New York, which is sort of like Shaker Heights, where we grew up, but uh, but outside of New York in Westchester. So it's very it's a very strange experience. I, I went to an adult party last night, Matthew. Oh no! It was a game what? night. Oh no! Because I she's for a time for a bachelorette party. Uh, I got invited to it, and so I said, I don't want to drive to this because I have to drive everywhere now. I can't take the subway to places. It's a 15 minute walk. I walked, I felt like I was in high school walking to some like walking to a friend's house. It was very bizarre. But when I walked in, it was a really wealthy, they, they had plenty of money and they had amazing scotch. 
Uh, and it was very nice. It was it was it was an it was an incredible little party. It was nice. What man. game? What games did you play? Well, taboo, and I crushed. I was very good. But you know, huh. that's what I, that, this is. It feels weird. It felt like an imposter in an adult party. It did not feel right. But, I can imagine. Anyway, did somebody but, make a pass at you because you were there solo. No, but it was very awkward. I was the only one there solo, uh, and so uh, I left to even out the, balance, the 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 team balance since it was sort of an odd number of people. But uh, no, but the point being, uh, all this stuff has happened, and, and in particular now we're screwed because West Coast time, Maddie versus East Coast time. I'm not working on a morning show, so I have to yeah. get up at four thirty every morning. That's one thirty my time, Patty. Exactly. So that means I can't really do a podcast at 10 or 11 o'clock at night because I need to be in bed at that time. Yep. So what we're going to try and do going forward is to record these podcasts on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Ideally during Browns games. I think that would make the most sense. Uh, we didn't work out this weekend, so we did it Saturday. But I think we should ostentatiously not watch the Browns and put it on the background and laugh at them. Um, although actually putting it on the background would require us paying money, and I don't feel like paying money. No. I, I can't. Yeah, there's no yeah. way I'm doing Well, I could illegally stream it and put it on my laptop. That's true. We could do that. Well, I'd happily do that. All right. Yeah. So we'll kind of keep this going and get you guys back into the swing of things before we get to the Christmas Day game against the Warriors. I think that that should be our promise. Let's have another talk before the Warriors game. Yes. Um, and then we'll do another one after that. Talk about it from there. Awesome, buddy. All right. Well, that does it for the Cleveland Sports Hour. Until next time, this is Maddie and Patty saying, Yep. <laughs>